Welcome back to A Voice in the Distance Ministries as we are now in Exodus chapter 32 in a very famous, uh, very famous and well-known chapter. This is, the ch- this is the chapter that we've always said, oh boy, <laughs> the oh boy chapter, the golden calf. Well, we finally come to that point. You know, we've been hearing a lot of stories about uh, deliverance and, and, and uh, success and many other things. Well, now we get to the downfall of mankind and the things that we tend to do. You know, we always look at things at times when, when things are going good. You know, we, um, we, really, we really seem to be uh, praising the Lord a lot, a lot of times. Sometimes we don't, but, uh, you know, everything's going just fine for you on one day, right? I mean, you might, be, uh, you might have gotten a promotion at work. Your, your your favorite team on whatever sports that you like to uh, watch has has won the uh, the finals of any sort. But eventually, there's going to be times when things don't go so well for us. We end up uh, you know getting late for work and 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 we end up getting uh, in trouble for it. We spilt our coffee on our lap the the on our way to work that morning. But. We tend to look at God at times and think, like, why did you let this happen? Everything was just going so good, you know. We were delivered from the Red Sea, and we were able to cross, and a, and a whole bunch of Egyptian soldiers were, you know, were, were washed up in the Red Sea. We were fed, you know, manna and quail. We were led by the Lord during the day and, and, and night, and, and He was always with us. But you know Moses uh, ends up going up the uh, up to the Mount Sinai there to meet with God for a certain amount of time, and then we just goes to show how impatient we are as people. It, we, it goes to show what we are willing to do when when we feel that that we're not getting our way. You know, we look at faith. Faith might be being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And that's something we could see out of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. But being, being fickle people that we are, we sometimes have an out of sight, out of mind mentality when it comes to God's blessings. And despite experiencing prior blessings from God, the trouble of the, of the moment is all we see right then and there. We're all guilty of it, myself including. So what do we do? We, we look for comfort. In the first thing that we can find, whatever, whatever thing that, that becomes that fix of the moment, becomes our new form of comfort. We look for something as of a form of a replacement. We do it with people. We do it with, with things. We do it with our careers. But unfortunately, we do it with God. And that is the ultimate price right there, is when we've done it to God. The, the 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 Israelites witnessed firsthand his existence. They witnessed firsthand what he can do. They witnessed firsthand his love for them. They they heard his voice. They they trembled at it. You know the 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 thunder and lightning that happened at the mount when Moses walked up to the mountain and in the, into the clouds. They witnessed Moses going up there to meet him. But a little time went by, and now they're kind of concerned. Okay, Moses must be dead. Now what? Now what do we do? We need a new form of, of 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 a thing to worship. And yet they knew that God is always there. They knew that that God will not will not die, will not disappear, will not fade. 
But yet we quickly, again, look for something else. And it could be anything else. But, you know, we can't be hard on them either because when we're honest with ourselves, when, when things go and get tough, you know, instead of toughing it out and seeking God for strength and the insight from Him, we create our own escape. Whatever it is. It could be many different things. But, you know, we'd look at those, other, those things. Anything other than facing a tough issue with prayer and patience is, is te- technically what we do. So what should we do? Well, rather than seeking idols of pleasure or, you know, escape and comfort, let's simply seek the blessings of our relationship with God. So let's take a look here at verse 32 to see exactly what happens here. We all know this story, but, you know, as, as always, we like to go a little in-depth here. Verse 32, verse 1 through 6 says, Now, when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as this moment the man who brought us out out of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in the ears and brought them to Aaron. And when he received the gold from their hand, and he fashioned it with the engraving tool and made a a molded calf. And then they said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar for it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast of the Lord. And then they rose early on the next day, offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now this right here is the famous, again, golden calf story. Moses being gone for 40 days was a long time for them. But to Moses, being in the presence of God is timeless. Because when, when you're with God, you really don't have a concept of time in His presence. Uh, but it also shows the impatience of people as well. We do not know what happened to Him, so let's go ahead and just take matters into our own hands. Now, we today, we have what is called uh, congregational churches. And that is where the, uh, the congregation is set up to call the shots and make the decisions. The pastor, the elders, if they have them, have no part in, in that, which is why I myself have seen so many leaders come and go from those kind of churches. And, and this would be the first congregational setup, okay, because the people approach Aaron and tell him to, to make something we can worship. Make us gods to go before us. That, that, is, that is something that they had experienced, right? The one true God, the creator of all things, the author and finisher of life. They experienced, but they wanted something else that was in the form of an image that they could have in front of them. Now that Moses is gone, they look, into, they look to, the, uh, to, the, to the Egyptian setup that they were once exposed to because the Egyptians had probably a couple thousand forms of gods that they worshipped. But this is, a, this is a prime example of what happens when we rely on man versus solely on God himself. Because I, I can see why God made it the first commandment in the Ten Commandments, that you shall have no other gods before me. And a golden calf made out of some earrings was the thing that led them out of Egypt? <laughs> the people made the decision. Aaron was the yes man, most likely afraid of what may happen to him if he didn't do what they said. So they started doing burnt and peace offerings. And now it says that they rose up to play. 
Now, when we read that they, they were up to play, it wasn't in the form of children playing games. This was basically in the form of, of adult debauchery, okay? Because the, the Hebrew language is the purest language. There is no curse words or there's, and there's no words for the human anatomy in slang. So, so this was put in a classy way of describing something vile. You know, people say that, uh, people say that not, uh, not much has changed. But if there is a question to ask, is, is what is people's, what is people's favorite image of God? Do we worship ourselves or maybe someone else rather than God who created us? Now, again, we should learn from the past because God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. But it is amazing to know that God revealed himself and his power, his love, his abilities, and so on to them. And, and yet we forget who he is easily. I, I said earlier, they heard his voice right there, right shortly before this event. And, and to me, this is more confusing that they had an experience like no other, and yet they still required something like a golden calf. And I, I remember preaching a message years ago out of, the, out of one of the epistles of Peter, and I titled it, Golden Calf Makers Wanted. It was in regards to people following after other men who were teaching false doctrines, as, as Paul said in his epistles to Timothy, that people will heap up for themselves teachers who will tickle their ears. Now, people were starting this uh, at that time, making us something to follow on the side. Now, let's take a look here what verse 7 to 13 has to say. And the Lord said to Moses, Go, get down. For your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and worshipped it and sacrificed to it. And said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this, uh, this people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn against them, and I may consume them, and I will make... Of you a great nation. And then Moses pleaded with the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak and say he brought them out of, uh, to harm them, to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from, from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath and relent from his harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self, and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have spoken of, I give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. So we need to remember that nothing is hidden from the sight of God, both externally or internally, okay? because thoughts and actions are known by him at all times. Scripture has already proven that from Genesis to now. But even the whole word of God exposes so much more in that. Because God called his own people stiff-necked. And he did so throughout the years, which is why Israel suffered turmoil from so many eras. But I've always had an old saying that stiff-necks are the first to get broken. Now, keep in mind that it was, it was beyond just a golden calf. Yes, that angered God in itself, but, but they were engaging in sexual debauchery and other things. Okay, other things. Was, was God justified in his anger? Well, yes, of course he was, but we will see also some wonderful attributes. 
Because God chose the right leader for them, okay? He chose the right leader for them, obviously. See, Moses was a shepherd for 40 years. And really, that is the best training for ministry, if you think about it. God seemed to have quite a heart, uh, he had a, quite a heart for shepherds, as he developed some of them to be some of the greatest leaders that Israel ever had. Moses made a good point. None of us deserve to be taken out of Egypt, but you showed mercy and grace. God promised to multiply the people to Abraham back then. And Moses was, was not the promised father or founder of the people. Uh, his covenant was in a different form. And, and very important as well. But now let's see what God does in verse 14 to 18. So the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. And Moses turned and went down from the mountains, and the two tablets of the testimony were in his hand. The tablets were written on both sides, on, on the one side and on the other they were written. Now the tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the, the writing of God engraved on the tablets. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people, as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. But he said, it is not the noise of the shout of victory, nor uh, the noise of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing I hear. So there have been many talks about this and the attributes of God over the years. Many have their own perspective of God in wrath, uh, in love, in mercy, in lots of things. And what I like to do, I love to quote Isaiah chapter 6, where he states, where he said, I quote, God, you are holy, holy, holy. And nowhere in the Bible does it state that God is wrath, 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 though he can be when provoked. I have never seen where it says three times, God, you are love, 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 though he is and displays it. I've never seen you are mercy, 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 or merciful, 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 as he said he would show whenever it's asked. But what it did say is, God, you are holy, 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 three times. Why? Because God is all of those things in perfection. Whether it be wrath, whether it be love, whether it be mercy, because he is holy, he is set apart. God is showing consistency with what he said about himself and his nature. When he said he was going to destroy them, it was in consistency with his justice. But Moses interceded and, and, and God told the people that if they changed their ways... And repent, which means to turn away from, uh, to turn away from, then he would not condemn them. Well, sounds fair. I mean, after all, if, if someone is suffering from a self-induced drug addiction, they cannot expect to be in great health. Because most know the consequences, but they still continue to do what they do. And, and there are times that people have almost killed themselves, and they were preserved by the grace of God. Why? Because he has a purpose that we may not know, but, but not all make it either. But Moses will be in for a shock as he makes his way down from the mountain. I hear singing, but in, the, uh, but in a tune that he has never heard. It's not, not a cry, nor, nor is it a victorious song. Uh, I suppose whatever it was, Moses did not want to write it down in the form of the lyrics. Because there, there's a lot of songs out there promoting sex, drugs, and murder. And, and many other things. So perhaps this was one of the very first episodes of where you would see explicit lyrics on the album cover. God help us today as things change. Because the, the way they have 
in the way they have, as we continue now in verse 19, we, we see the things declining. I'm sorry, in verse 14. So the Lord, uh, so the Lord relented. I'm sorry, it was verse 19. So it was as soon as he came near the camp that he saw. That he saw the calf and, and the dancing. So Moses' Moses' anger became hot and he cast down the tablets of, of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. And then he took the calf which they had made, burned it in the fire, and ground it to powder, and he scattered it in the water and made the children of Israel drink it. And Moses said to Aaron, What did this people do to you that you have brought so great a sin upon them? So Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. You know the people that they are set, uh, set on evil. For they said to me, Make us gods that, you shall, that shall go before us. As for this, Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And I said to them, Whoever has any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me, and I cast it in the fire, and this calf came out. <laughs> Whenever I read this, I always picture kind of like a movie. Uh, like a movie when parents go away... But then they, they go away for the week and then they come home unexpectedly to find a wild party being thrown in the house. And, and then the look on their face, right? The, the shocked look. And then the jaw dropping. And then dropping a little lower as they look around more and more around them. It's, it's what I kind of pictured Moses having in that same effect. You know, Moses, Moses to make sure that this wouldn't happen again, rid of all the gold... But then he made him drink it in the water. Now I suppose that it would have it, it would be bitter as was the sin that they committed, right? The, the, the gold in the water would have to make a very bitter drink. But now what's interesting is in the book of Numbers in chapter five, uh, there was a thing that was done if a if a wife was suspected to be unfaithful, she would have to drink water mixed with the dust from the floor of the tabernacle. And there was an, there was other things that were done. And what would happen was is it would expose uh, it would expose through a bruised thigh and a swelled stomach that she was indeed unfaithful. And and they had to drink a bitter drink in their spiritual adultery toward another toward a calf. But we see that Aaron was was kind of like the teenager caught in the act, coming up with a wild story. Aaron was now getting his first taste of sin and disobedience, and every leader, especially in the Bible, tasted this bitter water metaphorically. But but they can attest to uh, both the, the wrath and the grace of God better than most. So now let's see what comes next, as, as it always gets more interesting in verse 25 to 29. Now, when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, for Aaron had not restrained them to their, to their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together to him. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let every man put his sword on his side, and go in and out from the entrance to, en uh, to entrance throughout the camp, and let every man kill his brother, every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. The sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and about 3,000 men of the people fell that day. 
And then Moses said, Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, that he may bestow on you a blessing this day. For every man has opposed his son and his brother. Now, I've said in the past that, that we hear some say, you know, that, that old saying that if you cannot beat them, join them. And, and the truth is, is that you can beat them by not joining them. And this was the proof. The ones who said that we're not taking part of this was the tribe of Levi. And by God's design, the Levites were the priesthood to come. See, you could not be a priest unless you were a Levite because they were set apart. People have a choice to do good or to do the opposite. And they, make, and they made the choice out of faith and obedience to stay clear of the things that the others did. Now, I've heard a statement that says uh, some are so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. And I'll be honest, I have never met one person like that. In fact, it's normally been the opposite, where, where more people are earthly good than they are heavenly good. No one was more heavenly minded than our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. And if it wasn't for him, then there would be no heavenly minded here at all. Now, the consequences here were, the, were harsh. It looks like 3,000 people were the culprits in this mess. They ended up in an ancient day fight club. They, they were the ones who fell away from God, and by that could influence they could influence others to fall away, like their own uh, priestly leader Aaron, even. And, and it is amazing what people do to each other in destroying lives. You know, I, I love to eat like berries, right? Like blueberries and blackberries, raspberries, strawberries. All of them are very good for you. But I have to keep an eye on their condition because once uh, once one of those little fruits develops mold in it, it spreads to the others. And now you have to throw out the batch. See, 3,000 was a lot. It, it was too many even out of a couple million people because God doesn't want one person falling away. But these were, these were first-hand witnesses of God and his presence and his abilities. Even Satan was in heaven as a mighty cherubim and was in the glory of God in heaven. Yet he turned on God and tried to bring attention to himself. And he brought a third of heaven down with him. And when people choose people over God, that is what leads to death. Now let's go ahead and finish up in verse 30 to 35. And it says, Now it came to pass on the next day that Moses said to the people, You have committed a great sin. Now, So now I will go up to the Lord, and perhaps I can make atonement uh, for your sin. And then Moses returned to the people and said, Oh, these people have committed a great sin, and have made for themselves a god of gold. Yet now if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book which you have written. And the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will, I will blot him out of my book. Now therefore, go lead the people to the place of which I have spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit for punishment, I will visit punishment upon them for their sin. So the Lord plagued the people because of what they did with the calf which Aaron had made. If there was anything to see in the form of sinful categories, of uh, which ones are worse, right? <laughs> this was a top one, 
disobedience to, to the very first commandment of the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. I am the one who led you out of, uh, out of um, Egypt, not a golden calf or any other beast of the earth. Too often people have worshipped the creation over the creator. So yes, God has the right to be angry. Moses recognized that there was no sacrifice fitting enough to fix this problem, so he wants to throw himself into harm's way for the sake of his brethren. See, we see why Moses was such an important person to the Jews, right? a great leader with a true heart for the people that he got to lead. But, but there are two things to see. One should want and, and the other should never want. The one thing we want is our name written in the book of life. It is like an eternal birth certificate with proof of your citizenship in God's book. But the other is having one's name blotted out of the book. And if you've ever read the book of Revelation, the Lord even said in the end of Revelation that if anyone, anyone adds or takes away from this book, they will suffer the plagues written in this book and they will have their name blotted out of the book of life. Now, there has been many debates over the years of, can you lose your salvation? Well, some say yes because of the certain scriptures, and others say no by other scriptures, such as, one, uh, once in my hand, no one can snatch you out of my hand, which is in John chapter 10. I have been asked, what do you think? Well, my response is, do not take the chance of falling away. If you have received the Lord... And do not take you know do not take the chance of denying him because if you have if you have the opportunity to receive him, I am not willing to take that chance, nor am I willing to adopt a system of scripture to say what God is going to do in regards to blotting out one's name. God will always do what is right, and He will always make the right decisions, no matter what anyone thinks. God said that whoever has sinned against me. I will blot out of my book. And he said in the New Testament that, who, that whosoever should believe in me shall have ever ta everlasting life. See, all sin is bad in the eyes of God. And there are some acts of defiance that are worse than others. But God is long-suffering, thankfully, giving us abounding grace and immeasurable mercy that we don't deserve. But the Lord does deserve our love and our worship. And one of the best parts of showing that is saying that I want the Lord as my Father, I want Him as my Lord and my Savior. See, the good news from hearing this was God gave us a once and for all atonement and an advocate, like, like how Moses was for the people. Jesus became that for the whole world for all times. Now is the time, which is an opportunity to receive Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. He is the ticket to God. He is the passport into heaven. And he will gladly receive you if you have received it. If you've not received, or if you, or should I say, if you have received him at one point in your life and have fallen away, he will take you back. He'll take you back right now with gladness. As he will if, you, if you've never received him even. So let's together come to him to receive him to receive him for the sake of having everlasting life that he had promised.
Jesus was around from the beginning. He himself said it. And even though his name was not mentioned, Moses knew who he was. Because it says in in the Gospels that that Moses and and one of the greatest prophets, Elijah, showed up with Jesus on the mount in front of his disciples. A couple thousand years later afterwards. And Moses was, again, a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a savior. And God brought us a savior. He brought us an advocate. He brought us somebody that would die once and for all for the atonement of all sin. And that whosoever should believe in him will have everlasting life. That's what it says in the New Testament. That's what it says in his Gospels. So do you believe in him? Do you want to receive him? Do you want eternal life? Everlasting life? Well then you can have that right now by receiving him in your heart as Lord and Savior. And you do that by saying a prayer of receiving him. A prayer of acceptance. As you invite him into your heart, he becomes one with you and now your name will be written in the book of life. So if you want that, if you want to get to know God, then you must be of him. See, a lot of people know of him, but they don't know him. You can tell me everything you can about those closest to you. But it's time for you to now say that you know more about God than you do anyone else. Because he is that close to you. He's going to be that close to you. And God revealed himself through what we're reading right now, which is the Bible, the Word of God. But right now you must receive him in order to receive that eternal life. So if you want that, I want to invite you to say the prayer with me. Dear God, please forgive me, Lord. Please forgive me of all of my sins as I confess to you, Lord, that I am a sinner. And I ask, Lord, for you to cleanse me of my sins. Father, give me everlasting life, Lord, as I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you for receiving me, Lord, as your child, Lord. And may I walk with you all of my days. May we be together always, Lord until my time comes to be with you in eternity. As I love you and I praise you, and I thank you again for dying for me on that cross. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Oh, what a joy it is. You know, I I just love teaching the Word of God. But I also love giving the opportunity to, uh, to have somebody to receive Him if you've heard this and He's touched you. Because this is what it's about. You know, if you're walking with him, well, I ask you continue to follow along for the growth. Maybe you're hearing this for the first time. And and it touched you to the point of where you said to yourself, I want him and I want to be with him for all eternity. Because he wants to be with you for all eternity. So let's meet each other halfway with him. Because he's right there waiting and he will not leave you. So may you continue to walk with him in truth and in love. And hold his hand tight at all times. And may we be together to see each other in eternity. 
and to celebrate with one another in His glory. God bless you.